Headphones are hung up in my shirt. Always a good place for headphones where they can do no good whatsoever. There used to be hoodies and such that had speakers in the hood or like Oh my god, I remember those things. Yeah. Jesus Christ, what were we thinking? Yeah. I think or there were like pillows jin- that were like that like as well. Jinkos, the pants so big you could put an N sixty four in one of the pockets. I mean, all sorts of places were for stowing things, I guess. <laughs> what you drinking? <laughs> it's whiskey, soda water, and apple juice. It's not that great, but it's what I had. I call it the Johnny Applecock. <laughs> this this is Tulamore Dew and nothing but. I have Maker's Mark in, in it. Shall we read a poem? From a light in the attic. Hello, all, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. Well, now that we've discussed our libations. No, you haven't. Yeah, this is Tulamore Dew and nothing but. Oh, I thought you were making some nonsense sounds. No, no, this is Tulamore Dew Whiskey. What even is that? Irish. Is Is it good? I mean, it's priced more expensive than Jameson's, but they were having a sale this week, so... Fair. That often drives my choices, too. (laughs) Well, now I live in Richmond. Not Virginia. It's a suburb of Vancouver, Canada. On on the banks of the Fraser. Cool. Right right across from Dee's Island. And Dee's Island was not named for Dee's Nuts. It was named for John Sullivan Dee's, an African-Canadian tinsmith who established a cannery there in 1873. Oh. It was once home to a Greek population, numbering 80 at its peak. Oh, that's not very (laughs) many people. I am staggered at the size of the boats that come down the Fraser River and make no sound. Can you see the river from your apartment? I can touch the river from my apartment. Whoa. Well, not really. That's an exaggeration. But if Whoa, I walk out Oh, you have a river my... view? That's amazing. I do have a river view. Yes, it's gorgeous. That's wonderful. This is an and, upgrade. And th- there's a very large, like, car... I don't know if it's like a storage or a distribution area, but there's very large ships that come down, and they're often hauling cars, and they take these cars up the river. Do you ever race one of those boats when you're in the on the rail, like when you're on the train? Does it ever, you know, do you ever like look out the window and be like, I wonder how fast that boat's going compared to us, and see. How? Would you like to know the most unfortunate thing? The uh, train does not run where the boats do. Bummer. Uh, th- that's a lie. The train runs where some small boats do, but usually they're hauling logs, and so the train is usually victorious. Well. I love that they still store logs they, like they did in like all the Paul, Paul Bunyan cartoons. Like They're just floating on the river, and then oh, yeah. they take them to the toilet paper factory. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, they do just float them down the river still. Or maybe they don't float them. Maybe they just store them. Maybe they're not allowed to keep them moving. I don't know. But I've seen a bunch of logs in the river before. Do you remember back in the early days of COVID when there was a toilet paper shortage? Yes. I didn't really have much of much trouble, though, because I buy toilet paper in bulk and then, you know, wait till I get towards the end of it. And I already had a bunch. <laughs> 
I uh, I already had a bunch as well, and then when things kicked off, I started buying from restaurants, which was really funny. But I learned that the problem was mitigated somewhat in this area of British Columbia because there is a giant toilet paper factory. And so when the shortage came down, they were just like, hey guys, quit shipping, and then they just distributed it. Ah, so you were part of the problem. No, I didn't live here then. That's right, that's right. Paper factories stink. Oh, aren't we supposed to read poems or something? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, right. I mean, we, we we always have like the little intro blurb. Sure, sure, sure. And it usually runs for about five minutes, which it now has done. Okay. Glad we're going by the process. <laughs> we have a formula here. Well, I started last week, so why don't you start this week? Okay. I'm going to do... Oh, gosh, the book is falling apart. I am doing examination. I went to the doctor. He reached down my throat. He pulled out a shoe and a little toy boat. He pulled out a skate and a bicycle seat and said, be more careful about what you eat. And there's no illustration for this one. Have you been to the doctor recently? No. But what kind of doctor reaches down someone's throat? Surely this must be a specialty. We were talking about like laryngoscopes and sword Mm -hmm. swallowing recently, Mm -hmm. weren't we? Yeah. Oh, that's true. We did. Oh, damn. The kittens are making a ruckus. I really hope it doesn't pick up on the microphone. I like it when the kitten noises pick up. <laughs> well, anyway, it's I haven't been to the doctor recently, but American Thanksgiving is coming up. <laughs> so I want to talk about how my last Thanksgiving went. Oh, let's. So my last Thanksgiving, I, I'm not that big into holidays and... I kind of just go along with whatever other people are doing. And last Thanksgiving, I got invited to two Thanksgivings. One was a very nice acquaintance who hosted several very nice people at his house. And then the other one was my friend with cancer. So she was only having two people over other than her partner. Mm. So I was going to go to the early one first and then go to my close friend's one later. So at the earlier one, I drank a bit too much <laughs> and ate a bit too much. And when I was a kid, I used to overeat a lot more than I did as an adult. I remember as a kid, uh, you know, you would eat to the point that you were practically crying in pain. Did you never do that? You're giving me never. such a look. Okay. I, the, the, this, is one, the, this is an odd thing about me. I do not process overeating i don't understand how it works because when i become full anything past that i associate with sickness and so like and 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 so like the feeling to me is so terrible that i never do it well as an adult that's how i that's how i experience things too (laughs) i can eat to the point I can eat to the point that I'm a little uncomfortable, but it's not a big deal. I'll just lie down for like 30 minutes and whatever. That's fine. I have not overeaten to the point of intense pain in so long. And I think it had something to do with, you know, drinking. Somehow my like all my senses for like, hey, you're overeating didn't really go off. And also I'm a vegetarian. So I think I, I my uh, my calories are a bit more spread out than someone who mm. just, you know, mainlines a bunch of turkey and then has this, like some sort of tryptophan crash mainlines a bunch of tri- tryptophan is a myth you would have I know, to eat I know. more turkey i know in any case so i ate quite a bit at this 
place. And then I biked to my friend's house and sat down with this very, you know, intimate little Thanksgiving and started eating more food and then realized I had eaten to the point of intense pain. Mm. And then I had a complete meltdown. (laughs) A meltdown secondary to food? Yes, because I had not done something like this in so long. Like the pain of overeating was so unfamiliar to me as an adult that I like couldn't handle myself and had to, I was like freaking out and hyperventilating and had to go home, excuse myself and go home because I could not handle this feeling. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's some intense overeating. I know. I mean, in, I don't think it's uh, my idea of overeating would phase a lot of people. Like, I don't tend to eat a ton. I mean, probably you. You would probably be appalled, but like... I eat like a bird. Yeah, but I eat like a normal human, and so my <laughs> idea of overeating is probably not that extreme, but my stomach is not used to that volume, and I was in pain. I was in so much pain, and this physical sensation that had become completely foreign to me, it was awful, and I just couldn't handle being anywhere except my bed, and even then, I was really unhappy. So that was my Thanksgiving last year, was reacquainting myself with the feeling of overeating to the point of pain, and uh, I probably have learned my lesson again for the next decade, probably more, maybe, it's probably been about 20 years since I've eaten to that sense of sensation of pain. Although I do feel like you have encompassed the properly American meaning of Thanksgiving. Right. Like that, like that is the point. We will eat ourselves to pain. We will be thankful in as much as we're capable. And But you learn a lesson from it, so I suppose you're better than, you know, most people. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's because I'm not used to eating large, like, huge quantities of food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was unpleasant. The whole, the whole time you were telling that story, I was trying to remember the last time that I ate to the point of pain. And I couldn't I, tell you when that was. I frequently eat to the point of like extremely mild discomfort. Like if I have a no. huge... Hon- well, for me, if I have a huge honking burrito or something... I just don't finish the burrito. Right. But I do. Oh. And then I might be like... <laughs> I might be like, oh, I'm a little uncomfortable. My sister and I have a term for it. It's We call it leg... Oh, yeah. The hollow leg. No. Le oh. egg. You'll have to elaborate. All right. I will show you. It's not the seal, is it? It's the seal! It's the seal. Okay. It's the seal because to that, it looked to, to me, it looks like someone's rolling around. It was, well, it's a seal, but it looks like a, somebody might be rolling around being like, oh, no, leg. Uh. And so. Leg. Yes, exactly. Blam. Blam. <laughs> yes. This is a, a a video of a baby seal that is protesting the water being cold and wants its mom to come back to it and it really doesn't want to go in so it just makes all these really unhappy like uncomfortable noises. It's really adorable and funny and somebody decided to put captions underneath it the subtitles make it yeah it's really amazing so to me and my sister it reminds us of being uncomfortable of eating too much and being uncomfortable this was beyond that 
Mm. Yeah. It was beyond leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I spend too much time on the internet. Well, <laughs> leg. You, you leg. said one word and I was like, it's not the seal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the seal. <laughs> All right, Russ, so, what are you doing? Well, 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 no, I have to I have to ask the follow-up question. What how many gatherings are you going to this year? None. <laughs> okay. Are you cooking? Oh, uh maybe. I really I mean, just don't care. I it's really in two just days, don't care. Right? Yeah, I just don't care about holidays. Yeah, I don't care about holidays. Uh, I feel ambivalent about holidays in general, uh, winter holidays, and, it pe- and particularly Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving was has always come with a whole like, suitcase full of trauma baggage. When I was a kid, uh, six years old, uh, my mom was dying of cancer, and the first time she went into the hospital for like an acute issue with the cancer it was on thanksgiving night like she had tried Mm. to make it through thanksgiving and just couldn't so she had to go to the emergency room damn i mean she survived a few more months after that but uh ever since then uh thanksgiving has been weird for me and i feel super resentful when i see parents with their children on thanksgiving like when i lived at my parents house i would go for walks and uh it would just kill me to see like parents with their young girls especially fathers with their young girls, I just, I just couldn't. Hmm. So, Thanksgiving is kind of fraught for me to begin with, anyway, and so I don't mind not observing it. I don't terribly mind observing it, but it's not a big deal for me. This time, I'm going out to an acquaintance's house because she wanted somebody to duck sit. That's about the most Portland thing I've ever heard. Well, it's not in Portland. It's in Southwest Washington. <laughs> it's definitely on a farm it's not even on a farm it's not even on a farm she lives in a normal house and just has ducks of course these fucking your life is a fetch quest <laughs> well anyway she doesn't need me to duck it anymore because okay she has to work and guess what her job is uh tannery oh so close uh, d- uh d- milker taxidermy oh for you fucking sorted <laughs> so it, i'm still gonna go out there i'm just i just don't have to look after the flock of ducks uh have i met this is it, have i met this person oh yeah i uh, know but it's the person who was in uh texas for a little bit oh okay okay okay. yeah move to washington is a taxidermist gotcha okay has ducks and a goose well my poem has absolutely nothing to do with thanksgiving all right well, you you now have Canadian Thanksgiving in October. What did you do for Thanksgiving? Nothing? Why are you making such a big deal about me doing nothing for Thanksgiving? Hang on. I did something. Let me check my calendar. What did you do? You can't even remember. No, I don't even... Well, I, I mean, I, I, I do lots of things. Don't hassle me. <laughs> Shit, I literally don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> at all what I did. Such judgment. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what I did. Yeah, well, uh, see. Well, I am reading Memorizing Mo. Well, maybe you should memorize what the fuck you do. Maybe I should. Memorizing Mo. Mo memorized the dictionary, but just can't seem to find a job or anyone who wants to marry someone who memorized the dictionary. There is an illustration. It's feet poking out from under just a giant book. 
And <laughs> I chose this one because maybe this is how I manifest midlife crises or something, but I'm realizing at what point do you draw the line between interests and personality? That was my thought process when choosing this poem because I spend an inordinate amount of time like either prepping for or editing a movie podcast. And so I find that I can relate any discussion back to movies and I'm trying really hard in my life to not do that anymore. And I find that an uphill battle because it's like, you know, that was just like, and then you turn that right off. And you actually do it in this podcast a fair amount. I know, I know, I know I do. And I hate myself every time I do it. I'm just, I'm using this opportunity to acknowledge it. <laughs> but at the same time, you get you talk about kittens and biking. And like if my brother-in-law was on this podcast, he would talk about football. And if it, it and interests are always going to be a part of your personality, but at what point do they take over your personality? I don't understand why it's important to discern the difference between them. I would say that interests are a part of per- your personality. And I was going to say, but your personality is not a part of your interest, but that's not true either. And my th- and to your point, I think it becomes a problem when your interests start to overwhelm your personality, where it's like you well, are defined by you're that guy or that gal or that they. Like, I have a friend who is a... I like Marvel movies. I like them. I have a friend that loves Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And to the point that, like, they kind of cosplay in real life. Mm-hmm. If a movie character has distinctive glasses, they'll buy those glasses because they were in a Marvel movie. And they have the wall of Funko Pops. I heard someone say the other day, I watched a lot of movies when I was a kid. And then I get drunk at parties and talk about all the things I knew about movies. And it's like, man, this sure is nice not having to have a personality. And I can just talk about movies all day long. It's like, ooh, that hit way too close to home. When there is more than one Russ in like a group or at work or which Russ are you? Well, that's the fun part because the Russ that I am to you is not the Russ that I am to myself. I don't think I I don't think you understood what I was meaning. I don't think I did. When there's more than one person with the same name. Oh, what are you called? Weird Russ? Okay. No, I, I, but I don't know any other Russes in my life. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm usually pink-haired Lauren, although that's not really a personality or a hobby. I guess it's, I mean, it is part of my identity, which is why I have upkept the pink in to some amount of fidelity uh, for <laughs> over a decade. But it, hair isn't a personality, I don't think. That's an expression of personality. Well, what's the difference between a personality and an expression of a personality? Or an interest. Yeah. It's like, you can wear a beard, but are you the guy that has, like, the rack of beard oils and the special combs that they use on their beard? And, like, are you the guy that has the mustache wax that he coils it all out? Like, at what point does you, do your interests take over your personalities? And that's why memorizing Mo was a whole lot of fun. I think it would be cool if someone memorized the dictionary, but then it comes to the question, which dictionary? What year? Well, I mean, it's, it's got to be the Oxford, right? Could be Merriam-Webster. 
Nah. I, I just need King Charles just coming all over me. <laughs> I haven't seen any recent uh, uh, recent uh, printings of the Oxford English Dictionary. My mother had a set <laughs> when I... Well, it was a set of two when I was younger. And it had pages like the Bible. And the print was very fine. And it came with a magnifying glass so that you could read the definitions but my eyes were so good i didn't need them so we eventually lost the magnifying glass to whatever else my sister wanted to do with it because we could read it just fine looks like there's an oxford hardcover on amazon for 70 canadian dollars how many volumes is it is it one book or two or more (laughs) oh my god it looks like it's one it is 2,112 pages, and it weighs three kilograms. That's exactly what I wanted to know. How how much does it weigh? And considering those pages are like the Bible. Yeah. This this weighs over six pounds. <laughs> this is six pounds of dictionary. I want, I this, think, is a brand, this is a Brandon Sanderson book. I think I would like memorizing Mo better if he memorized uh, like the Merriam-Webster than the Oxford English because I feel like the Merriam-Webster is enough information to be exciting and the Oxford English Dictionary is enough enough information to make him a bore. And how many interests can be summed up exactly like that? I play video games. You play video games. Would you ever call yourself a gamer? No. Well... No! No! no. that That has such stigma attached to that. Well, even before it had, like, the fucking Gamergate stigma, I still wouldn't call myself, because I am just pretty casual with video games. It's, you know, I probably play them in my life now more than I ever did before. And it's like, if you look at... By the way, I'm playing a game called Heaven's Gate right now, and I love it. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Not Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Vault. Heaven's Vault. Now, look at this. Here's the Merriam-Webster definition. Gamer, a person who regularly plays video games. I mean, yeah, I am playing it, like, almost every night. We we are, by definition, that thing, and we would never self-apply. No. No. (sighs) You ever feel like you're just on the cusp of, like, human realization, and then it goes away again? Hmm. Only when I've eaten a bunch of mushrooms. Yeah. Well, do you have any uplifting thoughts for the listeners? I mean, I don't think this episode was that depressing. No, I guess not. We did pretty good. I mean, my uplifting thought is that I'm going to go to a nice little coastal area and maybe I'll do some mushroom hunting. It's been a bad mushroom year, but still fun to be out in the woods and look. Mm-hmm.